Hey everyone, and welcome into part three of our Eucharistic Summit. My name is Bill Snyder. I'm the founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, and it's an honor to be with you. Before we begin uh, my talk here on the Eucharist, I want to uh, thank you, each and every one of you and each and every one of our speakers, for being a part of this summit and listening and watching and learning and growing in faith together. You know, with this incredible focus on the body, blood, soul, and divinity that is being placed on us by the church nationwide right now, it's so important. It's the core of our faith. This is the source and the summit of our faith. And it's so important that we spend some quality time reflecting on the Eucharist. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And thank you to all the speakers and people that have made this possible. Yes, even virtual events do take a lot of work. So thank you to Anne DeSantis, Kent Koholsky, and Jennifer Sinclair for all of their amazing work behind the scenes to make this a success. So let's dive into the Eucharist. As we begin this third day of reflections, I want to frame it and my talk in the familiar story of David and Goliath. We know the story. It's really, really uh, popular, right? We've seen movies adapted to uh, the David and Goliath story. Everyone loves an underdog story, right? And here in here in the United States, we watch professional sports, and we think, "Oh man, if the little guy can beat the big giant, man, that's just the best." <laughs> I know, being a native from Philadelphia, and the Rocky movies, they're they're legendary, right? Like we all want Rocky to beat the beat the uh, machines and all the uh, you know Apollo creeds, right, of the world. We want him to beat that. Because there's something about the little guy that, that uh, taken down the giant that, that resonates with us in our culture. And I think the, the Eucharist is really the, the key to the little guy's success in the faith. You know, when we think about Catholicism in the church, we think about who Jesus chose as apostles to carry on his mission. He chose no, really nobody of esteem. He chose a bunch of ragtag fishermen, tax collectors, right? That's who he chose to spread the faith. They were little guys. They weren't the rulers of the day. They weren't the Pontius Pilots. They weren't the, uh, you know, Roman soldiers or the kings of the day, they, they weren't. They had no, absolutely no standing in society. Yet he elevated them and entrusted him them with the greatest gifts of the church, the sacraments. The Eucharist being the most important. The church likes to say in the catechism that the Eucharist is the source and the summit of our faith. You know, you wrap your mind around those two words for more than five or ten seconds, and it begins to go haywire. That the Eucharist is the best part of our faith life, the best part of our life period. 
the summit, the highest pinnacle, the greatest thing that we can do in life is to receive the Eucharist. Because it is Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And then you also have the fact that it is the source. The very God that created you is present in the Eucharist. It is the source and the summit of our entire life. So if you're striving for something, you know, worldly, right? If you've got some ambitions or some things that you think that you really want to do, nothing is going to pale. It's going to pale in comparison to the Eucharist. It is going to pale in comparison to your reception of the Eucharist and receiving God into your body. I often tell people when I uh, present to teenagers, I often tell them, I say, in Eucharistic adoration, imagine that God that created you is 15 feet from you. Now, imagine tomorrow on Sunday at Mass when you show up at, at Mass on Sunday that he's no longer 15 feet from you. He is inside of you. He wants to make a dwelling in you. He wants to be with you. There is something that is so incredible about you that he wants to be a part of it. (laughs) Isn't that wild? That God wants to be a part of you. Yes, he created you. He made you special. And he wants in. But back to the little guy. Back to David and Goliath. I want you to think of that story. Right? And... In that story, there is this gigantic monster, Goliath, and he is adorned with his helmets and his uh, armor and his swords and all of these things, right? It sounds a lot like our culture today. (laughs) If you ask me, there's a giant waiting to devour any faithful Catholic, (laughs) right? Telling us, you, you are. I am going to destroy you. I am going to stamp you out. I am louder than you. Yeah, the media, the violence going on in our society, all of the craziness. I am going to defeat you, that little guy. And it looks really easy because David, in this story, has absolutely no armor. He chose to bring five smooth stones to a battle with a giant right? I mean, a seven foot, eight foot giant. He chose to bring five smooth stones and no armor. Doesn't that sound like the world today? There's just Goliath just waiting to devour us people of faith that show up every Sunday to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. No, What you do is pointless. What you do and your efforts to keep faith alive in this world, they're pointless. That's what Goliath screams at us all day long in in social media, media. We look outside, turn on our local news, and we just see all of this stuff.
But what Goliath doesn't see in this story is David's great faith. David simply trusts in God. And he goes, you might not be able to see him, but you see, I've got a bigger giant on my side. And his name (laughs) is Yahweh, right? That's what that's what David's thinking. I've got a guy that you know he's standing a lot taller than I am. You can't see him, but I, I know he's got my back. I don't know who's got your back on that side over there, but my God's got my back. And so what happens? David does something incredible. He fires the slingshot. He takes one shot and he hits Goliath between the eyes and kills him. A little shepherd boy from Bethlehem takes down the giant with one shot. All of the puffery, all of the show, all of the screaming back and forth from Goliath and David end in one quick shot from a slingshot. (laughs) Isn't that wild? You know, the, the, the Eucharist is our secret weapon. Here I am on a YouTube video talking about the Eucharist as our secret weapon. <laughs> a little funny, right? Did I just give it away? But the Eucharist is our secret weapon because God has our back too. As I said earlier, God wants to be inside of you. There is something that is so amazing about you. And the way he created you so perfectly that he wants in. And he gave you a mission that only you can do. You were created good. The world wants to tell you that you were not created good. You were created bad. And you have all of these bad desires and these bad things, these bad characteristics And you should just give in to them. Because that is what will make you happy. People of faith don't have that mentality. People who believe in God and in Jesus in the Eucharist don't have that mentality. They have a much different one. No, I was created good and my God wants in. My God believes in me. I used to say this often to students that God believes in you. God believes in you. Because he created you. He may not believe you. He may not believe you when you lie or when you run away from him or when you do all these other things. He may not believe you. But he believes in you 
He believes in the good that he created. And therein lies what we have to experience in the Eucharist. That we are on a journey to become the best version of our, our, ourselves. You know, there is that line from Jesus in the Gospels that says, Be perfect like your heavenly Father is perfect. And that's a tall order. That's a tall standard. But see, the Eucharist helps us in our road to perfection. You know, I, I often think about that quote from Jesus, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I sit there and I go, Jesus, I, I understand that you want me to be perfect. I don't think I'm ever going to be on this side of the earth. I don't think I'm ever going to be. There. But then he reminds me, you see, I am the perfect one. I am. And I desire to be a part of you. And so together we can perfect you. Together we can create a new you with every single heartbeat if you trust in me. See, I believe in you because I created you and you have to trust in me. That is what St. Faustina says. Right? Jesus, I trust in you. And that is our prayer back to him. You know, this whole communion thing is really simple. This whole Eucharist thing is really simple. It is mind-blowing, but it's really so simple. I want to be a part of you. Will you trust me to allow me to work in you? And I will take out the giants. I will do it. And case after case, case after case, biblically and in church history, God has used the saints who are faithful and who receive him, him body, blood, soul, and divinity into their souls to take down the giants. Folks, 2,000 years ago, we were talking about those ragtag group of fishermen. That's how long ago we were talking about that. Over 2,000 years ago. And David is still standing. The, the house of David is still standing. The God that created you wants you to participate in his life and he will take out the giants in yours <laughs> you know it's really that simple and it's crazy to say it's that simple it's also that challenging too because trusting in god is getting harder and harder when the world keeps screaming louder and louder and Goliath keeps screaming louder and louder at you. I get it. But the bottom line is that the task remains the same. Trust in God. When the world is throwing everything in the kitchen to sink at you when it seems like you have been armored in every armor that your opponent is armored in every way and you have absolutely nothing on <laughs> but a 
sling, and some stones. There's a bigger god that is going to use those stones to take out the giants. You know, one last analogy. David carried five stones with him. And I've reflected on that many times throughout my life. That those stones are congruent to the five major wounds on Christ's body. The five major wounds on Christ's body. One stone for each of them. But you see, the Eucharist is so incredible that God only needs one tiny drop, one tiny stone to solve all, all of your problems. Yes, he spilled all his blood. He gave everything Every last drop of his blood for all of humanity. But all you really need is one tiny wafer once a week. And maybe you wanted more. You can have it every day. Right? That's all you need to slay the giants. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that mind-blowing that God says, here, I've given you everything. I've given you every wound in my body. I've poured it all out for you. Won't you just take this one little piece of my body, put it into yours, because I love you and I see what you can be when we team together to take out the giant. Friends, that's my prayer for you this Advent. That as you walk through this Advent today, on this day of the Feast of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that is, that is my prayer for you. That you might recognize the incredible power, the incredible beauty that you have in the Catholic faith with the Eucharist. Our God wants to supercharge your faith. Recognize it as him and partner with God. He will take out the giants in your life. May God bless you and your families. 